0: So when I was thinking about what I should preach about this weekend I didn't know which direction to take it. Should I take preach a homily that has nothing to do with what's going on in the world, just so we can forget about it for a while? And that didn't seem the way to go. And then I thought, well should I give a really intense homily that this is super serious to deal with, and faith is the only answer, and God is going to make all of these things right? And we've heard so much of that already, and that didn't seem the way to go. So we're going to try to find a middle way in between the two. How can we let the gift of our faith be the thing that guides us through this chaos and confusion that we're living right now? How does faith revive as a quiet yet firm trust to see our way through this unknown that we're living, that none of us have lived through before. Right now, if you go on Netflix, the number one watched movie is Contagion. The number four watched movie is *A 100 Human Questions Answered. And the number seven watched movie is Pandemic. And I think the only reason it's number seven is because it's a documentary and a lot of people don't like documentaries. But one of the temptations that we have in times of crisis or of suffering, hardship, Is that our vision gets narrowed, that we become so intensified on what is at hand, that it's the only thing that we think about, it's the only thing that we see. It's like being in the dark, which I think a lot of us feel like right now, because we're living day by day, hearing new information every day, and having new restrictions placed all the time, being in the dark. And when you're in the dark, all you can do is... React to what's in front of you because you can't see far enough ahead to make decisions about where you're going and how you're going to get there. All you can do is react to the moment right in front of you, which is part of the reason why the dark is scary. But faith is the light that gives us a way through the darkness. I don't know about you, but one of the idioms or one of the phrases in our Christian faith that just drives me bananas is well it must have been God's will so we just have to learn to find a way to accept it baloney I don't like that way of looking at things but then we look to the gospel today and Jesus says this man was born blind so that God's glory revealed through him well if Jesus said it then it must be true so how do we understand this How do we understand this saying that it was God's will that this evil take place? Well, it's not God created evil so that he could make good things happen. Like the idea that a child destroys a sandcastle just so the child can build the sandcastle again. God doesn't create evil just so he can show us how good he is. But rather... God does good through the evil that we experience and that we live. God doesn't do good despite the evil. God doesn't do good by eradicating evil. God does good through the evil that we experience in our lives. And this is what the Pharisees couldn't understand in the gospel with Jesus healing the man born blind. When it happens, all that the Pharisees can see is that whoever healed this blind man broke the sabbath and that this man was born blind and so that's, in their mindset was a punishment for sin and so you can't undo a punishment for what was done that's all they could see and so because their focus was so narrowed on what had happened they were completely incapable of seeing what was taking place in front of them first The man born blind says, Never was it heard that a man born blind was healed. This has never happened before. Why can't you see that this is something special and unique? The second thing is, John, when he writes his gospel, is is not subtle about what he's trying to convey. Jesus, to heal the blind man, takes mud from the ground and sends him to the pool of Siloam. The mud is a direct reference back to the creation of Adam God took the dust of the earth and formed man, created the, him in God's image and likeness. And the pool of Siloam is a direct indication towards the new creation that is given through the waters of baptism, this new life. But the Pharisees can't see because they're vision is so narrowed by the wrong, the evil that is being done in front of them that they can't see how God's glory is being revealed through Jesus Christ. Because God does not create evil to do good, because he sees things differently. And we hear that in each one of our readings today. Samuel, when he comes to choose the next king of Israel, he says to Jesse, These sons, all these sons that you think are the best choice, it's not who God chooses because God sees differently. God chooses David, the least appropriate choice to be the king of Israel. Or St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians that everything exposed by light becomes visible. That this light changes the way that we see Things, Or in the psalm that we had today, Psalm 23, that we know very well, there's this verse that's really interesting in the midst of it. I think sometimes we just look over. The author of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. One of the verses says, Lord, you prepare a banquet for me before my enemies. Lord, you are preparing a feast for me to eat, surrounded by by everyone who would want evil to happen to me. God gives light in the darkness. So, in what we're living right now, where do we find light in the darkness of this unknown that we're living? First, technology. Technology is offering us a way to live through this like we've never been able to before. This is not the first time we've had to stop masses in churches because of disease going through society. But the last time they had it, they definitely didn't have live streaming of masses so that people quarantined at home could participate. The amount of people that I've seen connecting through Zoom or Twitch or Google Hangouts or ways of connecting and conversing through FaceTime to stay connected even though we're all in self-isolation Social media is finally becoming social. It's keeping us connected, even though we have to stay separated from one another. Or time. How often have we said, I never have enough time? We've got all the time in the world now. What are we gonna do with it? With the people that we live with, with our families, how are we using that time together? It's hard because we're with each other even more than normal. But how are we spending that time together to be with each other, to get to know each other better, more profoundly, and love each other more? Or are we falling into the temptation of self-isolating within our self-isolation at home, that we go into our respective rooms because it's easier than dealing with the struggle of being together? Finally, God. God in our lives. It's so easy in the normal routine of our life to let material things and our responsibilities take precedence before God that they're the most glaring need at the moment. And so God kind of gets put on the back burner. Well, as we get more and more restrictions on the freedoms of what we're allowed to do, we have room for God. Are we allowing this to help shape and mold our prayer and to rediscover the light of faith that is given to us? Because here's the thing. This light that comes from faith that leads us through the darkness its a supernatural gift. You are not going to reason your way to discovering how to find light through darkness. It's a gift that comes from God. So pray for it. Let the light of faith be your guide through the darkness. And so I just want to leave you today with a poem by Cardinal St. John Henry Newman. It's entitled, Lead Kindly Light. Lead, kindly light amidst the encircling gloom. Lead thou me on. The night is dark and I am far from home. Lead thou me on Keep thou my feet I do not ask to see the distant scene One step enough for me I was not ever thus Nor prayed that thou shouldst lead me on I loved to choose and see my path But now lead thou me on I loved the garish day and spite of fears Pride ruled my will Remember not past years so long thy power hath blessed me, sure it still will lead me on, or moor and fen or crag and torrent till the night is gone, and with the morn those angel faces smile, which I have loved long since and lost a while. Meantime along the narrow rugged path thyself hast trod, lead Savior, lead me home in childlike faith. Home to my God, to rest forever after earthly strife in the calm light of everlasting life.